So welcome to episode 22 of the Cake Watch podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Kendall. I am an EU official, a Eurocrat, um, former UK official, been in Brussels for donkey's years, um, but I'm here podcasting in a strictly personal capacity with my co-host, Steve Bullock. I'm an ex-negotiator uh, for the UK in the EU and now a Brexit geek for the MEP Alan Smith. And we have a special guest this week. Yeah, gurning away there in the margins of my camera screen. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Nikki from uh, Final Save for All. Yay. Yeah. Hi, Nikki. Hello. <laughs> Introduce I'm yourself, Nikki. Nervous. Well, yeah, I'm Nikki James. I'm the chairman of Final Save for All. Uh, we're a foundation... Um, who are campaigning for uh, the inclusion of those people who are disenfranchised in the 2016 referendum. So um, basically what we're saying is if there is a vote on the deal, um, that uh, the 5 million people who didn't get a vote the first time should be included yeah, in that vote. Absolutely. And you're confusingly known on Twitter as the bloke from Barnsley, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Why? Everybody wants to know this, Nikki, before you're going to have to tell us. Oh, OK. I thought everybody knew or was completely uninterested. OK. Um, <laughs> well, uh, when I first... I haven't actually been on Twitter that long. I joined in the run-up to the 2017 general election because I, I did have a Twitter account, but I kept getting highlights of what was going on. And something grabbed my attention and I actually went onto Twitter and started tweeting, but I'm a complete novice. And um, I got involved in a, a thread with a lot of people I'm still actually now friends with. Um, I got dragged into a thread that lasted, we called it the Great Thread, um, full of bots and, and I'm told, shills and all sorts of lovely uh, people. So I spent about three months on this thread uh, getting increasingly depressed by the negativity of it all. Um, but one of my friends was blocked by somebody and sarcastically said, oh, how will I ever live without him? And I said, oh, don't worry, I'll make you forget he ever existed and changed my name because this account was called Barnsley Man. So I changed my name to <laughs> Bloke from Barnsley and started abusing my friend with the usual, shut up, move on, you lost, get over it. And I, can't, I sort of forgot. And, and a couple of days later, people were reacting to the name and thought it was funny. And I'd forgotten to change my name back. And I thought, do you know what? I quite like it. Wow. And okay. I left it. But, okay. I, but I admit, I have to admit at this point, I had <laughs> at that time, I had no idea... Um, how ironic Barnsley is as a, <laughs> as a Twitter handle for somebody who's campaigning against Brexit. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what so how it came about. You're not a bloke and you're not from Barnsley. I'm, I'm not. I, I would like to go to Barnsley one day. And no, I'm, I'm 
technically not a bloke, no, and haven't I haven't ever been a bloke. So, um, yeah, no, I'm. But it's like that old advert for Red Rock cider. It's not red, and there aren't rocks in it. Yeah. <laughs> she's not a bloke, and she's never even been to Barnsley. No, I've, dri- I've driven past, and I have tried while driving past to take a, a picture of the sign. It hasn't worked yet, but I will be trying again on Friday. But also this uh, this thread that Nicky's talking about has some great names on it anyway, because there's one person who's called Blocked by William Shatner. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, because we, there was a terrible... There was, <laughs> there was a terrible misunderstanding. There was a, no, this is, it was a, a terrible blocking incident of 2017, um, because um, somebody... Uh, there is a no tagging... This is actually a different thread. It's a, my light relief thread that I set up after this horrible negative three months on on the other thread i started to set up light relief threads for people who were um getting depressed with the the abuse they were getting and um one of the people on that thread one day accidentally tagged in william shatner who (laughs) is clearly also a bit of a novice at twitter so to get off the thread he blocked us all and so it's the great blocking tragedy of 2017 um I've tried to be sad about it, but I, it hasn't actually affected my life. I have to say, I've managed to carry on as normal. It was same with me and uh, same with me and Nadine Dorridge. It didn't it didn't harm me at all being blocked by it. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <laughs> if anything, a slight improvement in okay. amenity in my I, life. I mean, you, you struggle on, don't you? Somehow you you, man, you make it work. Crack but. on. So yes, yeah, so. Um, so um, obviously, over the summer period, the, we've been a little bit intermittent in our in our podcasting, and people have come to um, expect it, expect the unexpected in terms of publishing dates. And um, but we are slowly moving back into the autumn and the new term and the rentrée, and it's all very depressing. This is my last week of parental leave, and I'm back in back in the saddle next week at the office, and yeah, feeling miserable about it, as you can imagine. <laughs> But um, there may be there may be interruption from a squalling infant, but um, for the time being, let's crack on. A screaming ween. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there any follow up from? Uh, I was going to say last week, but it wasn't last week. It was, it was yeah, a million last years month, ago. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, With Steve Analyst. Yeah, was I can't even remember. Was was I even? I can't even remember what that. That was years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't. Didn't you have some follow-up about Shakespeare or some, something, about something Shakespeare. learned from something learned from your oh, God. <laughs> exceptional really? education? We, we're doing that, are we? So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well um, I think I made some kind of crappy Macbeth reference um, in relation to my um, son um, with regard to asking how did who knew that the the old man had so much poo in him. Um, <laughs> which still applies. <laughs> and that led me then to think, uh, oh, there's a few other uh, Macbeth references that might work. Uh, one, of the, one of which was, um, when shall we three meet again? Because it was the three of us, uh, the two Steves and myself, and um, we had met for two podcasts in a row, hadn't we? Um, and I wondered when we might meet again, and I'm just pulling up the notes. And it was, yeah, when the hurly-burly's done, when the battle's lost and won. So oh, I guess it won't be until, lovely thought. <laughs> I guess it won't be until after Brexit is defeated or, or not. Isn't it lovely isn't it lovely thought that we might just have a beer and not talk about Brexit or do a oh, podcast yeah. or anything? Wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, that that led me down a rabbit hole. So so buckle up. 
<laughs> I was looking at some. I was looking through Macbeth, and there are so many quotes that are Brexit relevant. It's brilliant. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, feel free yeah. to interrupt um, and edit edit this out or not off. By the brick, by the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Oh yes, <laughs> that, that's very Brexit. False face must hide what the false heart doth know. Well, Ooh, that doesn't good. describe break. All causes That's shall great. give way. I am in blood stepped in so far that should I wait no more, returning were as tedious as go o'er. Which is basically, uh, we're in so far, we have to carry on. There's no pulling back now. This is basically the uh, government's policy on Brexit. Yeah. yeah. This is a gambler's paradox, isn't it? Yeah. You keep going. Yeah. 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 Sunken cost fallacy. Yeah. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. <laughs> that's on the money and then here's a quote about um here's a quote about um uh, boris johnson i have no spur to prick the sides of my intent but only vaulting ambition which leaps itself and falls on the other prick being the important word in that (laughs) sentence (laughs) um uh, where else i've got loads of these uh, things things without all remedy should be without regard. What's done is done. Now well, that's um, that's the again government attitude towards Brexit. It's not done. This. I've got loads of this. this. Exactly, it's not done. So uh, we, yeah. could, we could do a reduced Shakespeare company. Yeah, Brexit does of Brexit. Shakespeare, but only Brexit related bits of Shakespeare. That's great. We could do at least a full hour and a half on Macbeth. It's uh, on only Macbeth, I think. Yeah, when I say we, of course, I mean you and you know somebody else, but. <laughs> Canst thou not minister to a mind diseased, pluck from the memory a rooted sorrow, raise out the written troubles of the brain, and with some sweet oblivious antidote cleanse the stuffed bosom of that perilous stuff which weighs upon her heart? Um, I think that's about that's about how I would like to forget all about Brexit. Yes. Um, anyway, there's loads of this stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I did, I did actually tweet about it, and some people came back with some very very good ideas. But um, that was ages ago. Ages ago. Ages ago. That's great. No, that's well, thanks, for that, yeah. Yeah. thanks for that, Chris. For insomniacs out there, you've done them a great service. So thank you. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so what's happened? Um, well, it's silly summer, isn't it? I mean, it's... <laughs> so I went, I've been on holiday for two weeks and trying not to look at Twitter or, or the newspapers. Although I did actually... I, I, stayed in the lo- I have to say, I stayed in a lovely place in Cornwall. Yeah. Crant- Crantuck. And they had a village post office, and I actually I trotted across the village green to buy a newspaper every morning. Did you? And I actually, Did you? Yeah, I actually bought paper newspapers. Really? Yeah, it was really it was a very weird experience. Um, and I read about things unrelated to Brexit. It was the world's in a terrible state, you know. It really is. <laughs> jeez, oh, jeez, it's it really not just is. Brexit. We're up to our elbows in it. Jeez, oh, yeah, it's so, really is. I, I, I must say, I, I had a fantastic summer. I had one of the best summers of my life, and it was just wonderful. And partly because I was really not looking at Twitter and not looking at the news, <laughs> just spending time with my kids and my loved ones, and it was just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very hard to stay after. It's very, very, very addictive, and of course, it's designed mm. to be. Mm. But I do, I do recommend anybody who who is just getting you know tired and depressed by it all to. Uh, yeah, just uninstall the app for a few days or a week, yeah. and uh, it does make a difference. Yeah. Um, so, and luckily, you know, the important people like David Hennig and Sam Lowe didn't take the summer off, so, <laughs> so it's not like I was missed. <laughs> no, no. So the, so yeah, so the big things now, the big things seem to be that uh, there's going to be a there's going to be a plan from the right of the Tory party. Mm. 
um, of how of how Brexit should be done. A bit, bit churlish to wait until the last quarter of the negotiations to bring that up, but, you know, there we go. Good luck for trying. And then we've had the Bowles plan, which is to join the EEA temporarily, um, telling them that they're doing it temporarily. They're just being used as a, as a conduit on the way to something else. Um, but first, before doing that, to rip up the withdrawal agreement, not pay any exit agreement, not pay the uh, exit bill or any of that sort of stuff. So that's absolute bollocks as well. Um, so yeah, it hasn't really moved far. May is still saying uh, Brexit means Brexit. Uh, they've, re- they've released the, uh, the the guidance on no deal, which has made everyone shit themselves, which was the point. Mm. But are still saying no deal is better than a bad deal. Which isn't true. Yeah, well, she, she's. What, what did she say? She said it's. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. No. <laughs> no, it does feel like it. Yeah. It's not nearly. It's not nearly as bad as thermonuclear Armageddon, and therefore we should do it. Well, that yeah, obviously. Well, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I went through a list of things that also weren't the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like the, the fall of Rome. <laughs> The, the Black Death. The, black, the, K, the KT extinction event that killed the dinosaurs. That wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't the end of the world, no. no. It wasn't sunlit uplands. <laughs> wasn't what we were promised, but it wasn't the end of the world. I wouldn't have barrel a laugh. Imagine the dinosaurs voting for the extinction event. <laughs> but wouldn't it be, it'll be fine? It'll be fine, honestly. It won't be the end of the world. We'll, we'll be extinct, but it'll be fine. In but wouldn't it be wonderful time? if they had... If they'd actually campaigned with that as their slogan if they'd actually campaigned with that as their slogan yeah. like, vote for this it's not because the end of the it world. won't be it won't be the end of the world <laughs> yes <laughs> this is worse than the what was that film with Dustin Hoffman you know Volvo's they're boxy but they're safe you know this is wor- even worse advertising than that <laughs> yeah because I used to I used to make up advertising slogans for people and there was one there was one for I won't do it but there was one for Ford cars because um, when I lived in Germany I lived very close to uh, one of the factories and a good friend worked there and um, he was talking about the advertising campaign and how it was really difficult to get people to buy them as cool cars and I said we well, need to advertise this um, you might be able to use this but I, I, I shit on which works in German it's shite off my image ich fahr Ford which is, um, I shit on my image, I drive a Ford. <laughs> and <laughs> I think he actually it, went in. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Just go yeah. for it. And I think he actually went in and sort of said, you know, Why, we should be doing this. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like that. Strangely, they didn't, go, they didn't go with it. They didn't but I, quite, I thought, no, no. But I thought it would be sort of, you know, interesting, honest kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. anti-cool it's, advertising. Yeah. It's like these old men's shops, you know? You know the old men's yeah. shops that have just got sort of nylon nylon trousers and knitted yeah. ties in them. Yeah. You, yeah. They, you should use the slogan, you know, for, for when you've ceased to care. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. People would take that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but yeah, so, so, so in reality, not much has actually happened because we're still exactly where we are with Northern Ireland. Well, um, well. So, and there's no movement and um, they seem to be digging, digging, in, digging in on this. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing's actually substantive, substantively substantively happened. Um, but uh, everybody's been talking about talking about Brexit and stupidity. It's been a really stupid summer, actually. Because if you think about where the timetable should be, we should have a draft agreement by now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which should now be being distributed 
to member states ahead of the October Council. And we're no, we appear to be nowhere, nowhere near that. Um, but didn't Theresa May go on her tour and persuade various people <laughs> that they should change their stance and give us a great deal and make exceptions and... Well, she's you know, been carrying well, on with the, with, the, with the tactic that the British government has been using since time immemorial, which is to completely ignore the existence of the EU institutions and pretend that everything yeah. is done via capitals and um, via mo- by the big capitals, as, as, as far as I can tell. No, it seems to me that, I mean, what, what in terms of serious Brexit negotiations from the outside, and, and we are on the outside looking... Um, it, it, it looks as if we're absolutely where we were two years ago, that we, we've moved not, not, not one job forward. Um, but what has moved forward is Project Blame. Um, they've, they've absolutely stepped up um, the rhetoric to uh, pin the blame on Brussels for all of this and to cast Barnier as some kind of evil genius who's out to get the UK and um, who needs to be yeah, reined in by you know, the 27. 27. And, this is a, yeah. They've really been promoting this myth that if it was left to the, if it was left to the member states without Barnier and the evil commission, uh, then it would all be okay. Mm. And 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 yet May's gone around Europe. Yeah. And everybody said mm. we're completely united on this, and we're completely with Barnier. And more importantly, all Barnier does is uh, implement the negotiating guidelines that that we've agreed. Yeah. And if we want to change, if we want to change, we'll change those. And they might change, but w- when they do, we'll do it. And we'll do it unanimously. Mm. But that's something I don't understand. In in th- that they think they can sell that to the general public simply because we send negotiators. They have instructions. They don't, and that's just one state. So why on earth would they think that Barnier is just sort of you know? Going off script and, yeah, and making it up as he goes along. No, but there's been this there's been this view from the beginning that if you can split, if you can split the member states, uh, the UK can get what it wants. And actually, uh, this is, but this is a mistake from the start. Even if they could split the member states, then the member states wouldn't be able to agree on a withdrawal agreement, exactly. and, and and this would be very bad for the for the UK government. Mm. So even the even the objective of the manoeuvres is wrong let alone the actual manoeuvres themselves. Um, but, but I think in terms of the PR, in terms of the government's PR, and in terms of selling this to the selling this to the UK public, I mean, it, 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 it absolutely... Uh, it absolutely... It's absolutely on track. With, um, age-old tactic of uh, painting the commission as some kind of overweening, tyrannical um, organisation that overrules the member states um, instead of being what it is, which is the servant of, well, it's the servant of the European people, first and foremost, but as, as you know, working under the direction of the European Council um, and obviously uh, with the European Parliament also keeping a very close eye and providing political guidance. So... It just doesn't fly um, to, to anybody who knows how the EU works. Um, but in terms of the, the, the broad British public who, who are watching this and wishing this were all over, um, I mean, it's quite a successful strategy in terms of diverting the blame and preparing people for either a very bad deal or even possibly no deal at all. But actually, there's, there's a new blame game in town as well from the ERG, which is blaming the, blaming the government and saying... Uh, it, 
That's not my right. <laughs> they, they, they use it, yeah, it's like, but they're, they're using the, the sort of communism trope yeah. of you know it was a great idea in principle, but it was executed badly. Well, that's that's um, and that's the and that's the government's fault. So, the, so they're really they're really hedging their bets here of blaming either the foreigners or the government yeah. or both. Well, that's Boris but, Johnson, but, but not mean, the Brexiters. Yeah, yeah. So Boris Johnson has gone or gone in or put put all his money on that now. Yeah, absolutely. So his his latest ter- Telegraph column is all about blaming the government for not having done it properly, which is ironic given that he was in that government, yeah. the second or third most senior minister in that government for the entirety of the period. Plus he was the one who was supposed to have come forward with an idea, having been the person who campaigned for this. So, you know, <laughs> anyway. You see, there's, there's something I'd like to ask of you two, because this is something that comes up quite a lot, um, that um, Remainers are blamed. Now, I interpret that as... Um, uh, government remainers or uh, politicians who back remain that they're the ones that are actually being blamed and not <laughs> us tweeting um, no no I think they mean, uh, they mean they mean us as well they mean us as well yeah it's, it's the, the okay that's yeah, quite it's interesting unwi- it's the unwillingness of the people to get behind well, Brexit that's, yeah this is right because that's this. something that really frustrates me yeah me too because, and let's talk for a second about that because um um, Nikki, you were mentioning earlier what, uh, before we were recording that um, there was this traffic yesterday on Twitter. Sorry, we're referring back to Twitter again. But so Ali Renison of the Institute of Directors, who you know we know has views that are, I think, significantly different to, to ours. Um, but she was then picked up by David Allen Green, who who has long harboured these that are slightly. I would I would say he he would probably concede are unfashionable thoughts. But both of them. Um, saying, you know what, if if you people calling for a second referendum, they call it a second referendum, it's not a second referendum, it's a third referendum. If you people calling for another referendum had focused your energies instead on securing a better Brexit, we wouldn't be in this mess, which makes me exceptionally angry, I have to be honest. You know, David Allen Green, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, uh, he's, a, he's clearly an extremely, um, he's, he's an extremely knowledgeable um, commentator on all things Brexit, but um, it, this this just drives me insane. I, I get so cross with this. Um, me as well. The idea that, firstly, say we dropped all, say we dropped all idea, all notion of stopping Brexit. Say we say, okay, you know what? Fine, let's have a Brexit and put all our efforts. Which, by the way, are not. There's not a zero sum here. You know, you can campaign to stop Brexit and campaign for whatever happens afterwards to be better. But yeah, say that's we, Ian, Dunn, say we, Ian Dunn was making that point yeah, yesterday. Say, yeah. we, say we dropped everything and put all our efforts into trying to persuade the Conservative Party and and the government to do what they're doing differently. How, how much success do you think we'd have? Are they going to listen to us? Yeah. So you know, even if you, you know, even if you, you you concede on the point that uh, oh well, there's no way we can get another referendum and there's no way in which we can stop this thing, which I it would be insanity to concede until it happens because this is god knows even if it were even if it were the smart, smallest smidgen of a chance that we could stop this thing we should be doing everything that we can to stop it no anyway, so yeah sorry um nikki what did you think i mean that that was were well, you as cross as me well well as i said I, I hadn't had the chance to be on twitter uh, very much the last few days so it was on the periphery and I saw it and I, and I wasn't quite I, I wasn't quite sure how to take it because I generally think how ridiculous um, if my tweets are that powerful that I'm messing this up 
then I'm I'm off to cure cancer, end world poverty, and do a few <laughs> other things. So it, I I think I think it's absolutely ridiculous. The other thing I think is that it's missing for me something really fundamental, and that is that if we obviously I didn't get a vote, but I'll put myself into the we group. We had known how to make a success of this, we would have voted differently to begin with. So it is you cannot then shift the blame for this not working to a group of people who said from the beginning this can't won't work. work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can't now look to them to solve it. They can't solve it. They, if they'd known how to do this, they would probably have voted differently in the first place. And that's just, for me, the, the, the basic thing. So, And the, the third thing is something I don't usually say very in public i don't say it very much and, and maybe it needs to be edited out i don't know but i don't think that if you are campaigning you should campaign for 80 or 60 or 50 percent you don't campaign for a compromise you campaign for a hundred percent and the only thing that will actually solve us our problems is is to remain it will solve everything yeah to stop Brexit, it will it it will take care of the issues that that, that the five million have. Yeah. It will it it will so it will you know there'll be no issue with the Irish border. Yeah. Um, yeah. We won't we won't fall off the cliff and and have food and medicine shortages. So yeah, there exactly. is there is one there is one really good solution for all of this, and that's the, that is the thing you campaign for. Yeah. And yeah. if people in government are so undermined by opposition then frankly maybe they're in the wrong job well but also maybe there's a problem with what they're trying to do yes <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. that if there's it's that, that if it's that we yeah no i mean if I, what I, they're I, doing is so good then it will be good whether we're against it or not but the fact if we're if we're undermining it by by what we're doing then there's something very seriously wrong with what it's they're real doing sort of well. soviet enemies of the state stuff isn't it yeah. it's like oh well we yeah. would have managed it if it weren't for this fifth column of you know yeah running the dog. pesky kids have yeah. messed it up yeah, yeah. well my point my point was that we kind of tried anyway you know in the, did, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean i certainly did and and to be honest, we, you know, we've all of the, all of those like us who've been who've, who've watched and commented on developments. You know, we've always okay. When we had the law, the, the amendments on a customs union, for example, we didn't say, "Well, that's fucking pointless because we want remain." We said, "Yeah, okay, yeah. we want yes, you should vote yes, uh, the Commons should vote for this. MPs should vote for this because this takes away a lot of this could potentially take away a lot of the damage caused by Brexit." We did, and there was a huge campaign, and Remainers were involved, in, were mm. massively involved in that rem- that campaign. So, if this is true, actually, in that circumstance, we would have been saying, "It doesn't matter what you vote for; fucking ignore it, just stop mm. it." And we we didn't say that at all. Yeah. And a lot of us have said from the beginning that by far the least damaging version of Brexit would be an EEA type solution, but that it would require the customs union. I've been shouted down repeatedly by soft leavers by people who, who, who promoted leave based on, uh, we call them liberal leavers, don't we? Mm. Um, <clears throat> based on the idea that we would, join the, we would join the EA or EFTA and we'd have that kind of single market solution. And as soon as I say, but it'll require the customs union to solve the Northern Ireland mm. problem, I get shouted, I've been shouted down, inc- including being called a fat cunt by, um, <laughs> uh, uh, what's he called? By Pete, uh, Pete North. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, we got massively shouted down over that because actually, because actually, they were fixated on the they were fixated all along on the on on having our own trade policy. Well, so there was so there was no there was no common ground available there anyway because it was another it was an it was another set of unicorns. Okay, it was a single market unicorn, but it was still a, but it was still a unicorn because obviously it would need the customs union, and everybody now knows that. In fact, yeah. people now say it needs the customs union, not the EA, whereas in fact, yeah. of course, it would need it would need both to solve yeah. it. So, so we've tried to engage, but with six months to go, um, a deal on the table that uh, the government says is the final offer, not the, not the first not the first offer, but the final offer, which won't be accepted, and the ERG wanting wanting no deal, there is no there is no chance of there being a lovely soft Brexit now. I mean, that's not going to happen. I I always had this theory that the the if you there's this whole thing, you know, the country's split and um, there should be some compromise and, and the whole thing of respecting the result. Um, won't go into that, but um, that I have always said that some form of soft Brexit, if we're going to just call it by the, the name that's bandied about, that that would be the solution in unifying the country in that it would piss off everybody. Basically, mm-hmm. and so that that would be the way to go. But so my bit, problem, so mean fewer people losing their jobs. Well, yes, so it would piss yeah. off everybody, but not to the extent yeah, of them losing exactly, their houses and exactly. stuff. So, but, yeah. but, but but people who want to remain wouldn't like it, and people who want to 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 to, to leave everything yeah. they wouldn't like it. So everybody, it would be in in that sense, in just in that sense, it would be quite perfect because it would just <laughs> unite everybody in disliking it. But my problem with it is that it leaves this whole question open and that this idea of uh, 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 pay and obey and no say, yeah. That, yeah. That, that this has come about because of a fantasy that that was a situation we were in. That and we this would, then this would actually and put us we in would this actually make it reality. Yeah. So how long until there's a referend- How long until there's demands for a referendum on leaving the yeah, EA? Exactly. Yeah. That. Well, Steve and I. Yeah. I mean, you and I, Steve, have had long conversations about this on this podcast. Um, I think we're, we're we're all on the same page about this. I mean, I think that um, I, I have always been as opposed to a soft Brexit as I am to a hard Brexit, possibly even slightly more so because for for, for reasons of democracy and so on. But um, no, I, I I don't know. Look, I mean, bottom line, I really line wasn't. Is, I think. It, I think it would have been well. I, I I'm not quite like that. I think it would have been a reasonable. It would have been a reasonable position to take from the beginning, but once you'd got the red lines in place, once you, once the government had said this is absolutely unacceptable, and still been called, uh, still been accused of betrayal of real Brexit, even with their very hard version of Brexit. Once that's the case, then and and particularly once the Labour Party say no single market. Then voila, it's it's gone. It's off the table. Mm. The only the only chance is to stop what's going to be agreed. Well, look, look. yeah. Um, so the bottom line, the bottom line for me is that um, I've got no time for people who say that we're being self indulgent by talking about stopping Brexit. You know, these this is our lives, this is our careers, this is our futures. It is not self indulgent to talk about stopping that. To talk about anything that might stop that kind of disaster from happening. And frankly, people who call it self-indulgent, they can do one. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I take the point from people that a referendum is uh, will be awful. Mm. It's, but, it, um, 
But if it's if it's the only way out, the only way to avoid a shitty deal or a no deal, nobody then would, yeah. it, it's the least awful. I mean, nobody. Yeah, Jesus nobody Christ, actually wants a referendum. Wants it. Referendums are shit. But if it's the only way that we're going to get out of this mess, then it's going to have to be done. We're going to have to suck it down. Because fr- yeah, fuck knows, we can't just let, let this happen because we can't be asked to fight it, or we can't. You know, I mean, and the uh, the notion that somehow by fighting Brexit, we're enabling an even harder one. Fuck, fuck right off with that. You know, yeah. seriously, fuck giving that. hardliners some giving hardliners some of what they want doesn't stop them anyway. It doesn't. Since appeal, does you any know? exactly? You know, but that's not how you should, deal with hardliners. You do not you deal don't. with fascists by saying, "Oh, well, we'll give you a little bit of what you want, so that you don't want any more." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just the, just the immigration, not not the not the deportations, but we'll stop the immigration. No, this is a fight. You. This is the fight of our lives, and we, you know, there's no way am I going to pussyfoot around with this. No, fuck, fuck that. Seriously. Self-indulgent, fuck that. <laughs> and particularly for particularly for people who didn't have a vote, particularly for yes. the for the three yeah. million and the and the, and the British so, yeah, yeah, no, well, Nikki, yeah. Nikki, talk talk to us about that because that's that's your thing. Right. Well, it, it just really briefly, following on from your rant, my rant is, and it's one of my absolute <laughs> pet hates, is that this this narrative that we've been dictated to by the EU, which we all know is bollocks, because we were part mm. of the, the, the system. We we were at the table making these decisions. So so it's bollocks on that level. But it's also bollocks for people to say we don't want to be dictated to. Um, anymore while dictating to Mm. five million people who didn't get a first say on this at all um so that that's where i'm coming from i don't think i don't feel it's self-indulgent of me to be campaigning to stop something that if it continues down the route it is going is going to devastate my life and probably looking at it now the lives of um of well, basically everybody but people i care about so it's got it's it's become more than it was because looking at what is happening it's going to hurt people i love and care about living in the uk it's definitely going to hurt the five million very badly and um and they didn't get any say in this exactly. it's, it's wrong it's completely wrong and people who say to me that um, uh, the, the, I've been told it's a British issue, so only British people get to decide. Rubbish, because there were um, Commonwealth citizens who got a vote, and I don't begrudge them their vote, that's fine. But I want one too. Why do yeah. I not get a vote? Why do I not get that, that little bit of self-determination about where my life is going to go, what's going to happen? I'm a British citizen. I pay a premium to stay a British citizen and to have my British passport. And now I'm going to be charged if I have to renounce my uh, uh, citizenship. Oh, the, the fees for renouncing char- are outrageous. That, I, that enrages me, and it enrages me that it's actually more than the passport fee. It's much more. It's over a thousand pounds. Now I'm not. I'm not. I've, I've said this so many times. I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a criminal. So why am I not good enough? to remain a British citizen. Why are we being used in this way? And why are we being thrown away? We're not, we're not second class. And I'm, I, you know, I'm not liberally, I'm not living this. My life is, is really quite small and boring when, when I'm not doing this. It's really boring. If I talk about what I normally do, people will get glazed eyes and fall asleep. It's very, very boring. It's a very small life. But I have a right to just be able to continue that life yeah. Yeah, uh, unchanged. So, um, well, certainly you don't, certainly they don't get to take it away from you without, without then consulting you or getting, giving you a vote. I mean, that's just absolutely, that's just outrageous. 
And this is if they think I'm just going to shut up and accept that, then they have another thing coming. There's no way I'm shutting up. I'm doing so. I'm campaigning. There are other things I'm doing. I'm involved in a a legal challenge. Hmm. Um, I and one of the things, one of my main uh, things I'm pushing on is making Brexit personal because. I've said I've often said my brain doesn't do economics. I can boil it down to um, Brexit bad, remain good, and um, that's about it. But I do understand about the the, the human impact and that pe- how people respond to that. So my whole thing is the, the whole thing of the foundation is Brexit is personal. Mm. So um, yeah, that we I'm here to to uh, to organise an event where we. Um, will encourage people to speak about how Brexit is personal for them, mm. why it's personal for them, how it's going to impact them. Because um, you find, because you you found Nikki that um, that people react differently yeah. to personal stories. Yes, and we've talked we've talked before, Chris, about uh, this Anand Menon story about him talking about GDP in Middlesbrough. And people saying that's your fucking GDP, not ours, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and I think there is this, you know, that the eyes glaze over and they say, oh yeah, yeah. but that's not these things aren't <laughs> these things aren't to do with us. These things, and even I mean, it's almost an extension of the immigrants. Oh yeah, but we didn't mean you thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when people are actually confronted with real lives and the effects on it, um, people tend not to be total assholes who wish ill on other people. Mm-hmm. They, no. might, they might in a, they might in an abstract sense. Um, but on individuals, they tend not but that, to. But that is it. It's too abstract. And if you put a face on it, if you mm-hmm. say, I, because I know, I am absolutely convinced that people didn't actively vote to hurt other people. No, of course they didn't. They, they, and, and we have to get that across because they're being lied to. They're being told that um, it's sorted. They're being told that this, you know, this is all going to be fine. And then the whole thing, it, it will be fine. No, it won't. It absolutely won't. Mm. What's in the withdrawal agreement won't be fine. Mm. Um, that's going to have a negative uh, impact, less so than no deal is absolutely devastating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we need to get that across. We're trying to get that across. We're trying to get that across yeah. to everybody that um, the, these are these are <laughs> just individuals who are going to be really, really badly yeah. hurt. Yeah. And while we focus on on no deal, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know this, but I'm, I'm just reminding listeners, while we are all very much focused on no deal because of the publication of the assessments and so on, because that's the discussion that's going on in the UK at yeah. the moment, let's not forget that any deal represents a major step backwards for us. Um, and yeah. we didn't get to vote yes. on that. But especially yeah. a hard Brexit. Um that that could be seriously devastating to our livelihoods. We're not just talking about no deal. We're talking about a deal of the kind yeah. that the government's trying to soften yeah, yeah, us up for by the by the by the yeah. things. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, you, uh, we we heard from Laura um, mm. a few episodes ago from uh, uh, British in Europe. Yeah. You know, on on the freedom of freedom of movement issue. I mm-hmm. mean, this is going to absolutely kill service providers. This is going to kill people who set up businesses and work cross border here. You know, so uh, this is already that, and that's just that's just one of the problems. Um, interestingly, um, coming back, we, we talked uh, when we talked to Alan Smith about uh, uh, about the difference in attitudes over this between Scotland and England or the rest of the UK. Um, Scot- the Scottish government announced yesterday it was going to bring yeah. legislation to guarantee the vote for 
uh, yeah. EU, EU nationals in Scottish Parliament fan- elections. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. So the, at the point where the UK government is essentially trying to drive EU mm. citizens out um, and trying to stop more coming, Scotland is saying, no, we'll, we'll give you the vote. If you live here, yeah. Uh, yeah. if you live here, you should be able to vote. Well, but what, the, what the UK government is also doing is um, people, people like me who, who live on the mainland and don't, already don't have a vote uh, in the UK will lose every single voting right mm. they have. So mm-hmm. I will be entirely disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it, it angers me that that's happening in the year that we're <laughs> celebrating 100 years of uh, suffrage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it seems particularly ironic that, yeah. that, that, is being, that that is what is but this, but this happening. But this is part of what you said, Chris, about the fight, for our, the fight of our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. In the, what's the, what's this about? What's this not not giving the votes to to EU citizens and to Brits abroad about? It's about people not being British enough. Is what it's about. Mm. So even British citizens abroad are not British enough for these fuckers, mm. and, yeah. that, and that's what this is about. And once this is embedded, once this is accepted as legitimate, you know, there's no. It's 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 almost impossible. Yeah, it's almost because impossible you know, not only. I mean, sure. We, 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 you know, we're the, we're the traitors who've buggered off and made our lives elsewhere, yeah. or yeah. you know, or you're not born British, or but but ne- next it'll be, well, you're British, you're British born, you're British raised, you've, you've lived in Britain all your life, but you go on holidays abroad, or but you're but you speak a foreign language, or but you eat or foreign food, or one of your or, parents isn't British. I mean, there's, yeah, there's no end to this. Yeah. It's basically, no. you know, it, they get to define who's British enough and who isn't, and. You then get into the whole Daily Mail rhetoric of traitors and fifth columnists and enemies of the people and so on. And it becomes and entirely one. self-defeating. Yeah. Well, this, for, me, for me, this is also... We, this, is, this is already happening. Obviously, yeah. it's mm. happening to the EU 27 citizens in the UK, and that, that's absolutely appalling as well. They didn't get that... I have on Twitter sometimes tweeted they need to be um, uh, reimbursed every single uh, penny of tax they've paid because yeah. they've they've paid in, they've contributed, yeah. and they've been completely sold down the river on this, and mm-hmm. and they're being treated appallingly. At the same time, yeah, we're not uh, British enough to 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 have a vote, and um, and I've forgotten where I was going with that. You'll have to cut it all now. <laughs> But this is the thing I got from, from, from a couple of weeks off in Cornwall, um, was that that, that, is my, that I, was in my, I was in my country. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a big flag-waving, flag-waving patriot by any means, you know, very much not. But, you know, when I was there, I was thinking, no, fuck you, you can't have it. You guys, can, you guys yeah. can't define what is mm. British. You guys can't say no. this only belongs to me. Fuck you. No, they can't. And they won't, this, be- you know, this, belongs, this belongs to everyone. We won't let them. I, was, I would say over the time that I have lived abroad, I, I know that I have sent people on holiday to the UK. I know they've gone and spent their money. I know, I, I know of one couple that spent their honeymoon in, um, in Scotland because of me, because I, I, I raved about it. And I do feel that people do say this. We are, in a way, am- ambassadors. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, j- just in our general everyday lives, Definitely. we are. If we, if we, you know, we, we could have all gone abroad, committed crimes, done awful things, and, and really shown the Brits up. And, and but what a way to treat, what a way to treat, what a way to, to, to improve the, the reputation of a country. Is piss off a million yeah. willing ambassadors for it. Yeah. Yes. Listen, um, Nikki, um, you were talking about personal, you know, Brexit being personal and personal stories. 
Do you want to share a bit more about your personal story? Well, my personal story is that obviously I didn't get a vote. I um, haven't. I lived in Germany for 16 years and um, then I, I moved to uh, the Netherlands and I met my now husband. Um, I haven't lived in the Netherlands long enough to just uh, take citizenship in, in a very straightforward way. Um, so I would have to go through naturalization if I wanted to take. And I had always assumed I will do that at some point because as a EU member state, you can have dual nationality. Uh, third countries can't. My husband is Dutch and he has MS and he cannot work. So I'm um, most of the time I'm, I'm basically a carer for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't meet the um, income threshold mm. to return to the UK. So if my status as the government in the Netherlands has uh, stated quite recently, if my status is uncertain, mm. Um, there is a chance that I won't meet requirements to stay in the country if they introduce something along the lines of the UK that you have to apply to be allowed to stay. I might not. Hmm. I can't return. You might not be able to have dual citizenship. I would have to renounce my UK citizenship. So if I did ever want to return to uh, the UK, I have elderly parents. Hmm. If I wanted to return because they needed help, I'd be returning to the hostile environment as a foreigner. Hmm. And um, it just seems completely and utterly immoral to me Mm. that that is happening um, without me having been able to vote. And um, ironically, in all the time that I could vote when I lived abroad, I chose not to vote in UK general elections because it seemed... Undemocratic, mm. because I wouldn't live directly with the with the uh, consequences. But now, now I feel now I know that well, this wasn't that an election. This is this, well, one. It wasn't an election. It's a very has a very direct impact exactly. on 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 people's lives. So everybody affected should get a vote. Um, but apart from that, now I feel I want my vote back because now I know that that government. Any government in the UK can reach right across. Doesn't matter where I am, they can reach into my life and they can completely mess it up. And I, w- I want to have the same right to hold a government to account. Yeah. I want to be able to vote so that I know it's well, just it's a basic one right. vote. It's a basic, it's a basic, right. basic it's a human basic right. right. Well, yeah. What do you say to yeah. the people? What do you say to the people who will come back to you and say, "Well, you know, it was your choice." Um, to go and live in Germany for 16 years. It was your choice to go and settle in the Netherlands. Um, you knew what you were doing, and now this is, you know, you can't, you can't expect the rest of the UK to, um, to, make, make accom- to accommodate you because of what you've done. Well, one, I would say, yes, it was my choice, but I made that choice under a certain set of rules. Yeah. And those rules are being changed retroactively. Mm-hmm. Now, if they change those rules for future cases... That's one thing. But mm-hmm. to change those rules, it's, it's also this, there's this thing that people say we're, we're, we're all losing rights. Yes, we are. But the impact is different mm-hmm. if you are actually your life is built on exercising those rights. That, and that is what we're doing by, by living abroad. Mm. I would also say that it's always been in my mind and my hope that I would return to the UK. Mm. And now I feel as if 
the door's being locked on me. I'm mm. being thrown away. I'm not good enough. Mm. And, and that's it. I'm not good enough to have a say. Now, the other thing is when people say it's not democratic, you live abroad, um, you shouldn't have a say. Well, it's really easy to work out how democratic it is if you flip it. And you say only Brits abroad should have had a vote on this. No Brit in the UK and only Brits abroad decide whether the UK leaves the EU or not. Now, I, I would say there wouldn't be a single person who would say that's democratic. But that's actually exactly what's happening to us. It has a direct impact and we didn't get to say it's not democratic. Yeah, I mean, my view, as we've, we've talked about before, Nicky, is that, you know, you can... There are two reasonable ways to decide the franchise. You can do it based yes. on residence, or you can do it based on citizenship. Yeah. And both are both are legitimate. Yeah. Both are entirely legitimate. Uh, France does it on, for example, does it on, and the US do it on citizenship. Talk to American friends, and they say, "What do you mean a fucking time limit on voting? I'm mm. a, I'm an American citizen. You don't yeah. get a time limit on citizenship. Fuck no. you. Mm. <laughs> Fuck you. It's my fucking America." Is what my American friends well, say when yeah. I tell them about this, or you can do it based on, or you can do it based on residence. And this was done. This was done based on neither. Yeah. That's well, the, the, the other thing I have people saying, well, you know, uh, uh, you don't have, you don't have uh, non uh, non citizens voting on uh, matters that, that affect. The, you know, they shouldn't be voting. And yes, you do. You've got loads. But, well, one and the other. <laughs> the other thing is, yes, we had loads. Well, we had <laughs> Commonwealth, Commonwealth citizens. Irish. Yeah. Um, so yes, we had loads who who and I and as I've said before, I don't begrudge them their vote. I that's do. fine. Well, yeah, but I don't. I I don't. I think that's fine. If if that's the that's that's the law, that's fine. But it should have been extended to everybody affected. Now you can't. Um, you see, I've now lost my train of thought again. This is why you shouldn't have me on the show. Um, <laughs> but, there, but there have been some moves towards it. For I mean, uh, Tom Brake was was talking about this the other day. Listen, okay. Uh, and there were, the the people's vote people won't go as far as to say that they're demanding this. But there does seem to be some movement towards it. Yeah? Do you just remind me what I was going to say? Because people will say to me, um, "No EU country allows um, non-residents to vote in referenda." You know, name one country. Well, that country is the UK in the indie ref mm -hmm. so yes we did it is possible we set that president it is possible to give the three million a vote in fact it would be yeah. even easier to give them the vote than brits abroad because you just choose a different franchise you choose the local election franchise and why shouldn't these people get a vote they have they are they are invested in the country being being committed to a country has nothing to do with citizenship uh, so uh, something that people often say is that or they, they have an attitude that you can't love or be committed to more than one country, that you have to choose between one or the other, um, um, which has been sort of promoted by the government as well, it seems, because the solution is just take citizenship. One abject shade. Yeah. <laughs> it's rubbish. Of course, you, it, it's, that, to me, that is like saying you have two children, but you can only love yeah, one of them. Exactly. It's absolutely ridiculous. Of course, you can love more than one country, and of course, you can be committed and loyal to more than one country. Um, that's one thing. The other thing that, that I get particularly angry about is this idea that um, we have to keep the same franchise. Should we, we we've had the, the referendum in 2016, should there be a referendum on the deal um, that we have to keep the same franchise because otherwise it's not fair? Well, we can't. We can't keep the same franchise because people have died other mm. people have turned 18 it's, it's an impossibility to keep the same franchise and actually in the campaign for the 
referendum in 2016, we were promised the exact same rights and that has clearly not happened. And so we are entitled to have a say this time. We didn't get a first say and we need a final say for all. It's so true. Saying the franchise should be the same is like saying they should be... Uh, there should be a re- uh, law breaking in spending as well. Yeah. Because it happened in the first yeah. referendum. Yeah. You know? yeah, let's do it all, let's <laughs> yeah. do it all the same. Let's do it all the same. All the mistakes the that way. were made. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's repeat do them, again. them all. Yeah. And, and then it'll all be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It, just, yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. No, so, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, on that, should we do, uh, should we do Live of the Week, Chris? Let's do Live of the Week. I don't believe you. Liar. Okay, Chris. So, what have we got for the lie of the week this week? We've got a we, we've got a corker. I can we have got a corker. In fact, we've got two. I, I just I, we were talking about it earlier, and I realised that there's a second one that I also want to pull up. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, the second one. Let's start with the second one. Um, the the problem. The, both of these come from so-called remainers within the cabinet. Um. Moderates. I wish okay. we wouldn't call them that either. Yeah. I really wish we wouldn't. Course, I wish yeah. we wouldn't call people who are who are actively participating in leaving the European Union. Yeah, well, yeah well, you're right. We really shouldn't call <laughs> remainers. Them that. So the, yeah, these yeah. are from okay. They, these are from the if you like more moderate, softer end. Yeah, moderate wing of of, of of the cabinet and the current government. So one is David Liddington, who is a minister that I work with and had a lot of time for, um, and I have a lot of time for him. He's a very, um, I think, he's a very good politician and was a very good minister. Uh, yeah, me too. He's a very good Europe minister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he told French business leaders um, that a no-deal Brexit is the only alternative to the Chequers plan. In other words, he's saying, <laughs> this is it, take it or leave it. So, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, um, it, it's patent nonsense. I know, you um, hardly know where to start with this one, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, Checkers, the Checker, Checkers plan isn't a plan because it's unicorn shit, so therefore it's not a plan. Uh, it, it, it was dead before it even got off the ground because um, it includes all sorts of unrealistic notions, uh, such as their comedy um, customs partnership. Comedy customs, yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, it, the idea that disaster, no deal, is the only alternative to that is well, hang on, aren't we supposed to be negotiating a deal? So what, well, the Chequers plan... there's been it all along. There's been it all along. Give us what we want or we'll shoot ourselves in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, that's that's my starter. Um, and then for the main course, we've got Damien but, Green. But, but, but sorry, just on that as well. Yeah. I, how sad that, is, as you said, David Liddington is a good politician mm. and, you know, he's an, he's an intelligent person, uh... Who who has served served the country well in the past, and he's effectively being forced to say things that that he knows are patently patently bollocks. Eh? Mm. And I mean, what what fucking hope do we have for politics when when the good people do that? I mean, I, yeah, I know it's very depressing. It really is depressing to see people like him come out and say things like that that he must know is to, yeah. is untrue. And he's not he a dishonourable person. He knows. You know, no, so no. where is this coming from? Why, why, why have we got? I, I don't know. It's like they're all suffering from Stockholm syndrome. They're in sort of some kind of under siege. It's, this is the Whitehall bubble, the Westminster bubble that, that I find so obnoxious. 
It's like the white the Whitehall White Whitehall water supply has just been dosed with, you know, rohypnol yeah, and LSD. Uh, uh, hallucinogenics. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I think we should try that actually. That might help. <laughs> yeah. So the second so the second one is, is, is related. Um and it's obviously they're speaking from the same um bullet points that have been circulated by number ten. But this is Damien yeah. Green now, who was previously um who, well, he was he was Liddington's predecessor as the as, as May's deputy. He's not deputy prime minister, but he's a, a state, until he was caught wanking. Until he was caught wanking at work. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, but we must remember this is a great opportunity just to bring bring up the fact that David Davis said he would resign. Yes, if <laughs> another. Well, yeah. We, we, this podcast is going to take several hours if we start listing all the times that, da- that David Davis said he would resign over something, and then finally did resign That's over true. the Turkish plan that we are now being told is the only plan on the table. So this is what Damien Green but said. He- but he, thre- but he threatened to, re- but he threatened to resign over Damien Green yeah. being caught wanking at work. So this was the line. This was the line. And that was that the hill he was for to David die on. Yeah, yeah. That I'll was the hill that he was going to die on. <laughs> I'll die on a hill for uh, a de- for <laughs> a deputy prime minister right, to wank, right to wank at his desk. Yeah, <laughs> Up with, we will go. There's a line in the sand. Yeah, it's political correctness gone. gone it's political correctness gone mad when you can't have a sneaky one off the wrist <laughs> after everyone else has left the office. All right, just hand out the mind rubbers. <laughs> so, yeah, so, Damien Soggy Biscuit Green said, <laughs> "Said he of the he of the angry fist." <laughs> All right, put it together. Oh, jeez. Um, Sorry, what were you saying, Chris? Uh, Damien Green. <laughs> Insert. <laughs> told Onanist Damien Green told BBC Radio Four today. Michel Barnier doesn't have a plan for Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> the, Michel Barnier doesn't have a plan for Brexit. The only plan on no. the table is the Chequers plan. So he, don't, he, he doesn't have a plan except all of the options that he offered. Except all the plans the, he's actually put on the table from, from the, the word from go. the beginning, which he, and, and, and which he asked the UK to choose from. Yeah, yeah. you kind of wish he'd done some prep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no prep so, at all. So, yeah, so. Yeah. so Naturally, people came back saying, well, hang on a second, what about the famous Barnier Staircase? Now, the Barnier Staircase is this <laughs> beautiful graphic, which we've linked to before and talked about before, where um, the it, this was a presentation, as I understand it, by Barnier to, um, to EU27 ministers saying, well, look, you know, here are the options. So at the top, we've got this option, which is basically like the EEA. It's be, it, it's where, where, where the UK would be in a, in a state similar to Norway and, and, and Sweden. Yeah. But they which can't Barnier do that. Conf- which, which Barnier confirmed could be combined with yeah. the customs union yeah. as well. Yeah. But we can't do that because this is the UK's red line, which means we can't do that. Okay, so next down we've got, you know, and then he sort of progressively went down the ladder. So you've got sort of Ukraine-style association agreement, then you've got a... Um, uh, and all the way down to um, the kind of FTA that you've got with with with, with Canada, the, 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 and all, right the way down, he said, "Well, that's not possible because the UK red lines." Well, that's not possible because you, you said it's not. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because the UK said it's not possible. So what we're left with is here, and he sort of basically said, "Well, it's a kind of Canada deal." So that's what's Canada possible. plus so security. That's, guess, what we're stuff, have to, yeah. So you know, each one of these 
you could legitimately at least one of these is effectively a plan what 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 barnier had done right from the beginning and the eu side had done right from the beginning was say well here we are here's our store we've set it out this is what we can do this is what we can't do here take your pick you tell us what works with you and we should say that is not for people blaming the eu this is not standard negotiating practice standard negotiating practice is to go with your best case scenario And you, and fallback and fallback positions, but but with a single clear view of what you want. What the EU did is it said, look, you can you can have any of these you want. It's up to you. If you want to change your red lines, then what yeah. you can have changes yeah. as well. Yeah. So we're basically we're basically like the person in the restaurant who can't decide what they want to have to eat. Yeah, yeah. I want to have that. I'm a, I'm a vegan, so can I have that? Yeah. So well, no, that's why we've got the little flag next to it saying it's not suitable for vegans. What you can have is the stuff that is suitable for vegans. Yeah, but I want this. Well, then change. Then don't be a vegan. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I, I did a tweet months ago, which is probably my most widely seen tweet ever, um, saying that the the, the the government is like uh, two people in an Italian restaurant arguing over whether to have Chinese or curry. Yeah. yeah. You're not getting either of them. You're in a fucking Italian restaurant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so that's the first problem with this. Um, Misha Barnier doesn't have a plan for Brexit, OK? He does. <laughs> Secondly, he doesn't have to. You're the yeah. fucking one yeah. Brexiting. <laughs> it's your fucking choice. You come up with a fucking plan. Jesus. But, that, but then we're back to the somebody somebody who didn't choose this has to solve it. So we're basically we're going back around to blaming so we're, Remainers again. I mean, yesterday, with my super, superb knowledge of popular culture, I, I described it as, uh, as Robbie Williams leaving Take That and saying, right, fuck you lot, I'm off, I'm going to have a solo career. Oh, by the way, Gary, could you please write me some music? Yeah. It's good that you used a current example of well, Chris. That's excellent. <laughs> well, not, are they not current? <laughs> no, it is. It's exactly like. It's I mean, exactly I was going like to go with, you know, with Led Zeppelin, but <laughs> that was too outdated. Wasn't it? That was too far. Um, so that's no, the... it is absolutely. It's, it's complete. It's a completely absurd decision to take. But also, how dare they not have sim- a plan? But also, it, it's symptomatic, and you see, it's sim- you see this as well with every bit of bad economic news for the eurozone or for the EU. Um, the right wing press absolutely leaps mm. on, mm-hmm. and you've got to remember that the for the for the for the headbangers for the ultras, this isn't just about leaving the EU. This mm. is about ruining the EU. It's about mm. destroying the EU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good enough to just leave. They want to ruin it as well. And you mm. see that with the, the joy which, with which some, you know, some bad economic news, Or a collapse bridge in general. Yeah. Them. And, yeah. You know, and, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all the EU's fault, uh, you know, said by certain um, disgraceful nationalists in Italy. And then uh, on, on le- the entire UK commentariat saying, fantastic, we can blame the EU for this as well. It just shows oh, yeah. it's falling apart. Well, I, I just want to have it on record. I broke my nail yesterday and I do blame the EU. <laughs> So, <laughs> who else fault could it possibly be? Yeah, it's not mine. No one else is there. It must be the yeah, EU. It has to be. Yeah, they so, dictated that it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, my my third problem with this um, with this line that's being taken by the cabinet, including people like Green and Liddington, who should know better, is that um, there's no plan. The EU has no plan. Uh, they should have a plan. And the only so the only plan left is our plan, which is the Chequers plan. Well, it's not a plan, as we keep saying, it's not a plan. <laughs> no, but we had this. We had this today. I saw Paul Mason tweeted, and I mean, uh, it's it's very nice that Labour Labour 
far left voices like Paul Mason are coming round to the idea of uh, uh, that, there, that there has to be a way out of this and it, mm. it probably has to be a, a, a vote. But he said that, uh, you know, Parliament should reject checkers and put checkers versus EEA to the, to the people. Well, it won't be checkers because there isn't going to be an agreement that is checkers because it's been rejected already. And it's not going to be EEA because there's not going to be any time to renegotiate. Well, I, I actually, do you know so what? These, you... So, th- so these are these these are not options. The options the options yeah. that are there are no deal, which is fucking stupid, and mm. Parliament should rule out on the grounds of it being fucking ignorant and stupid. Um, or the deal, the the withdrawal agreement as agreed, if we get one, mm. or withdrawing Article Fifty. Mm. Those are the only three possible options, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't have you shouldn't have a vote that includes. Uh, certain catastrophe for the country of no deal and um, parliament we live in a representative democracy it's parliament's job to stop things like that happening not yeah. to enable them no therefore the vote has to be mm. the deal that's on the table versus uh, uh versus, versus withdrawing article 50 yeah. there's no there's no possible other option absolutely so forget for, we can forget about check i don't know why people are still talking about checkers to be honest we yeah. can just forget uh, about right. it well i mean it's because because it's there won't be because it won't exist checkers mm. will only exist ever exist as a white paper it'll only exist in people's imagination yeah. it'll never exist in as a withdrawal agreement but you, you reminded yeah. me of something that i wanted to come back and come to earlier i know that we're now in lie of the week and this sort of takes us back into the main body of the podcast but i just wanted to say that um uh People, we, we were talking about liberal leave, liberal leave. I use air quotes for that, and uh, the EEA after option, uh, which a lot of people have, have been gunning for all the time, and that's been there. Uh, you know, they've been gu- gunning for that for for, for for various reasons. John Clopiris, our friend, the uh, former director general of the council legal service, wrote a piece which uh, was circulated a little yesterday on Twitter, and we'll put a link it was actually, to it. It was actually released last year, though. It was, oh, was it? Was it? A year but he, he, he linked yeah, to it, he, he linked he to re- it yesterday. Yeah, no, he it's a very, it very good uh, technical, legal dissection of why it is not an option for the UK simply to default to the EEA. And actually, and actually he concludes that it is legally possible, but it's politically impossible from the UK side. Because they won't get the because the whole idea of the EEA Brexit was that the EEA would somehow be adapted to meet the UK's yeah. desires, yeah. Um, and of course it won't be, um, because that requires the EU's, the EU's consent, and they actually wanted to move in a different direction. To if anything, um, so f- that's the first thing, and and second, I've forgotten the second thing. Well, even the legal. Oh, oh yeah, and and and, and second, and yeah, sorry, and say, clap, 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 clap. And secondly, the uh, it won't meet the red lines. So, yeah. yeah. But even, even the legal possibility is convoluted and um, lengthy and difficult, and would take an awfully long. You know, it would. It would not, it's not something that could just be. Oh well, let's decide to. You know, I, I get even in response to my comment on this. I had a bunch of uh, liberal leavers come back and say, "Well, the only thing stopping us is, is, is will." I mean, if people want to do it, it can just be happy. It's easy. To which I say, no. yeah, if, if London chose to leave the United Kingdom and federate with Russia, I mean, it would be easy. All we need is will. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, a matter of will, yeah. I mean, it, it's an absurd thing. It's, it's like these people who, who um, it was the Institute of Economic Affairs, wasn't it? The, 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 the headbangers, Minford, the Minford headbangers who came back and said, um, well, people who keep talking about no deal being a catastrophe and that the, air, the fl- fl- planes won't fly. Well, of course they'll fly and we just have to have a deal. If you have a deal to make the planes fly, then it's not no deal. You know, 
Yeah. Anyway. Well, maybe we should do, maybe we should talk about no deal and no and deal no deal and all of this. We should get Simon Stylite on actually. Oh yeah, he's done a lot. He's done a lot on this. We should yeah. get him on that yeah, and talk get, about yeah. talk about that. As a, as a ju- I have a quick question because Oscar question. Well, okay. When when we're talking about no deal and if we left under those circumstances, my my feeling is that's it then. That why would the EU then? on the first day after, so the 30th of March, why would they start negotiating with us for yeah. trade after that? Because we've left without a deal. We're out. We've and gone and we've caused them a lot of pain. And cost. And cost. And they will have other things to deal with. So so this idea that we can leave without a deal, not pay uh, what we should be paying, not have these things sorted, and then turn around and say, right, and now we'd like to talk about... Yeah. Doing trade with you. It's like saying, Surely- fuck you, fuck you guys, but only conditionally. We've got some things we do yeah, want. Yeah, because but, we look. still want something, yeah. No, I mean, I, th- I think, that, I, I think it's unthinkable. I mean, I think it's unthinkable. As it does, it doesn't work, does it? It is, to me, unthinkable. We're back to Shakespeare here. It is, to me, unthinkable that whatever happens next March, there will not be a desire on the EU side to negotiate a new partnership with the UK. There will be, because we're, you know, we are a European country, we are a former member, we, we are integrated into the European economy, we're going to need an agreement. So there, there will have to be one. The thing that changes, of course, is the entire political dynamic. So we were going to talk about this, actually, and we don't have time today, unfortunately. But, you know, there's some interesting thinking going on in European capitals as well. I mean, there was a very interesting Macron discussion about a blind Brexit. So people are thinking ahead, obviously. They're thinking, well, what's, what's this going to look like and what are the politics of this and what's it going to be like? The thing that shifts after we leave and especially in a no deal in a scenario where we've burned all goodwill and we are we then become pure supplicants we 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 are then we have no no leverage we have no, no goodwill ag- no agency no we agency. have no, we, we are simply at the we're at the mercy of whatever it is that you decide they want to have with us you know and it's like it's like take it or leave it and we're not going to leave it because we'll by that point see what leaving it means so that's 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 what it means to me listen guys well on that on that rather grim note yeah (laughs) i think we should leave so uh well thank you very much to nikki for thank you coming coming to brussels and dropping in thank you very much for having me on your podcast Mm, huge pleasure it's fantastic to see you again even remotely yeah it's lovely to see you too and thanks thanks chris for you taking some time off from nappy changing to uh, yeah yeah, yeah. A bit disappointed we didn't see Mini Me at some oh, point. Well, I, but, I, yeah. There was actually a moment where um, it was one of our little breaks that we had, um, where he was sat on my knee squawking. Um, oh, uh, so it'll be, in, it'll be in the file that I s- uh, upload for for Steve to edit. But um, yeah, George, George George Zilla, as we call him now, because he's he's just a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> Excellent. Well, with that, uh, goodbye, everyone, and uh, thank you very much for listening to uh, to what's what? Cakewatch. Cakewatch. It's been so long. Sorry, I've got that <laughs> podcast. What we do sometimes with Chris. Um, thank you very much for listening, wrote. and hopefully, we'll be back uh, a little bit sooner this time yeah. than in the previous one. Yeah, that's the idea. All right, brilliant. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. We're going up
a natural loss. 